Welcome to Commerce Growth Lab, the community for commerce strategies and tactics. I'm your host, Franco Variano. This season, the podcast focuses on speaking with some of the most interesting and successful trendsetters, entrepreneurs, and leaders in commerce. Together, we'll dive into their unique stories, experience their highs and lows, and gain from their insights and experiences as they continue to shape this industry. I really think content is something that the new entrepreneurs can do a better job at because it's not about selling, it's also about storytelling. And I think that's a factor that is missing on a lot of potentially good e-commerce websites today. Today, we're chatting with Bhargav Bakshi, an international partnerships lead at Shopify. Bhargav joins us to share his story, how he got into commerce, what it's been like working with Shopify, how he's approached helping to grow the adoption for the Shopify platform in international markets like South America and Southeast Asia, how he sees the future of commerce continue to be localized, and a ton more. So let's get started. Hey, Vargab, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's uh, great to be here. Absolutely. Super excited to have you on the show to get to learn more about you and your story and what you're up to today. But before we dive into all that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where are you from and what did you study? So I'm from India. I am a computer engineer, studied in the University of Pune here in India. It's called the Oxford of the East. But yeah, I am, I did my school in a city called Hyderabad. I belong to a city called Calcutta. I've stayed in cities like Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Chennai. So um, I've kind of been all over India and I've, because my father had a transferable job. So I used to move uh, cities every couple of years. So that's how I grew up, you know, studying in different schools, in different cities, mixing with various kinds of people. And yeah, then I went down to do my computer engineering and then started working. Yeah really cool. And so what took you from computer engineering towards business and e-commerce specifically? Uh, That's a great question. So when I was doing my computer engineering, I got a job in my campus interviews in this company called KPIT Cummins. It's a listed company in India. So um, and my job was to basically, you know, do the uh, programming job for some of their new electronics products. But that somehow didn't interest me. I was always more inclined towards working in the Internet sector. I remember my third year uh, project during my engineering was about the Google architecture. And that fascinated me every time I used to read about it. And I think that was one of the key foundations of getting hooked to the internet industry about learning about web crawling and page ranks and all that. Then, you know, as I started coming to the end of my engineering, I kind of decided that I may not really be joining a programming job, the one that I just got in my campus interviews. And I thought that I should rather look out for better companies and better internet products to work for. And that's how I joined Google after my engineering, actually. Wow, that's really, really cool. And so can you talk to us about like the early stage of your career joining Google and maybe some of the first few roles you had after that, just in terms of how it shaped your professional experience and maybe outlook? Google was amazing. I mean, it's like a dream job for not only me, but many friends of mine, many batchmates, everybody wanted to get into Google, right? So cracking that job was a big deal for me. I didn't really expect that it'll actually work out. So um, I think Google taught me a lot about process and product both. 
think the company has a great culture and also it kind of respects employees and acknowledges what the employees good at and what they want to do and even the managers at Google have were always very motivating and I was lucky to get a break early into training so after finishing my engineering I joined Google became a product trainer there in like four or five months of joining and um, post that I became the team lead of training then I went on to manage the team there at Google for training uh, a couple of user generated content products UGC products for Google so um, I was in the Hyderabad office in India for some time then I was at the uh, Seattle and uh, Kirkland office in US for some time and I was helping uh, Google launch some of its product in the US uh, and you know training the ops team and all of that so that's that's how Google happened and I worked there for a little more than two years Google was how do I say this Google pampers employees and I kind of wanted to uh, have a more challenging role I think I always had a knack of thriving in chaos so um, I wanted to join a startup so I left you know the safe and cozy environment of the Google offices and I joined a very small startup which was into e-commerce so that's that was my first step into online retail really cool and exciting I, I completely understand you know the desire to throw yourself into a smaller startup and just have a chance to, to to make a real impact you know right away it's it's really that sink or swim i guess kind of kind of mentality at that point absolutely i mean like exactly what you said right it's about making an impact because say at shopify today when i every day at the end of the day i actually sit and think the kind of impact that my job has to entrepreneurs all over the world so it's impact that i see every day like people who I speak to, let's say, six months, one year before today are entrepreneurs that are doing well. Some of them don't do well, but then again, the fact that I'm working so closely with so many businesses being at the center of the ecosystem, it's very thrilling, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a great transition. So today you are an international partnerships lead at Shopify. So can you start off by, I guess, telling us a little bit more, you know, if we fast forward through your story, how you created the opportunity to join the team at Shopify? That's a very relevant question because it's Shopify, because other companies have a structure in terms of interviews, process. But Shopify earlier back in the day had a very scrappy, startup y way of hiring people. So we are known for having really good talent at Shopify. So I used to follow Harley Finkelstein. He had a page on his website that said that I'm not going to tell you the process of how to work with me at Shopify. You have to hustle your way through. And I really like that, that they didn't ask for like a cover letter or resume that generally most companies ask for. And I was just asked to hustle into the role. So I used to work for a partner of Shopify in Singapore called Singtel. So that's how basically they came to know about me. And um, then I reached out to them saying that, you know, I really want to work directly with Shopify. Shopify was like a product that I always dreamt of working for. I mean, it was the exact kind of thing that I was looking for in my career because I wanted to work closely with entrepreneurs, see business very closely, measure impact that I'm doing. And yet, uh, you know, I wanted to be uh, very attached to the internet and see how it can change the way people live their lives. So uh, I think Shopify fit, you know, those very diagrams where you've got five or six circles and yeah. you've got that center spot so shopify to me was was that center spot really cool and so today like what does your role involve what does an international partnerships lead do i guess on a day-to-day -day basis an international partnerships lead at shopify today takes care of 
a couple of kinds of partners. I think the first and the big backbone of our partnerships ecosystem are value-added partners who provide services like website development, web design, digital marketing, API development, front-end developers, freelancers who are into SEO, digital marketing, social media, agencies that are even into accounting. So there's a whole lot of service that a merchant needs when they're selling on Shopify. So all of these e-commerce services you know, constitute our services partners. So that's uh, you know a large part of our business acquisition as well because these freelancers and agencies they work closely with merchants and suggest Shopify as a platform to get onto and we also have uh, phenomenal relationships you know with partners across the world and I know companies uh, freelancers and agencies which just work on Shopify like 100% focus on Shopify uh, because they're reaping great benefits from the platform so a typical day for me honestly looks I'll actually not answer it as a day rather as a week so I work in different time zones. I take care of EMEA, APAC, LATAM. And because these are very different time zones, I kind of have to stretch across the day. But I think one of the first things is to make sure that over the week, I know what's the coverage that I want to achieve by the end of the week. So countries that are showing potential, you know, regions where we are seeing interesting things, let's say like cross-border trade or cash on delivery or huge fraud orders and things like that. So I kind of keep myself posted with all the e-commerce happenings across the world. Looking at data on Mondays and trying to understand what we are doing well and what we are not, not doing that well is something that I start my week with. I generally also get a lot of emails, so I try and finish my email, my inbox every day before I go home. I also always uh, keep checking, you know, who are the top partners that are contributing. I spend a lot of time talking to my team, which is scattered across the world. And yeah, I think one of the days in the week, I generally avoid communication and rather focus on things like documentation and research, writing a thesis or writing a project brief and executing uh, you know, projects that will have a great uh, impact on the company and outside of it is something that I focus one day of the week for. And so I kind of divide my week a little across internally, externally, reporting into seniors inside the company, maintaining my relationships professionally outside the company. So it's a, it's, it's a little chaotic but that's what i like all the time yeah it sounds super dynamic and cool and so i guess shifting maybe a little bit towards the merchant side or, or at least the platform side of, of shopify or just e-commerce generally but what are some of the biggest challenges facing international e-commerce merchants today if i answer it from a shopify angle we need to localize our product as we go you know into internationalization and that's something that me and my team work on so merchants need local payment gateways local shipping providers these local agencies that i was speaking about so a part of my job is to also have all these local good products be it a point of sale or be it a shipping solution or a payment gateway or even channels like maybe amazon or ebay or lazada maybe in singapore so you know integrating with various channels because we are looking we are focusing on how merchants can get started on the platform and then be successful on the platform by each milestone of probably getting their first 10 orders or first 100 or first 1,000 orders matters a lot to us. So I think one of the things that we want to start with is kind of having a more local experience given to our merchants. As a philosophy, Shopify looks at you know this business with the merchant at the center. So every initiative that we take, be it Shopify shipping or be it various other products like Shopify payments that we launch or the Shopify POS. So everything is pretty much centered towards the merchant. So we want to do what that actually helps merchants. Sometimes even includes giving uh, small loans, uh, which Shopify Capital does. So uh, keeping the merchant at the center of everything, making sure that the product is localized and there's a high product market fit, and then uh, enabling the merchant to actually get started and then make, make money in their businesses is how I look at this.
Really cool. And so in terms of helping those local merchants on board become more successful on Shopify specifically, are there any really effective channels or tactics to help new merchants uh, or, or existing merchants just embrace the e-commerce and, and Shopify aspect? Uh, are there any specific things you guys are doing in some of those local markets to help them kind of embrace and see the potential of e-commerce? That's a great question. Yes, yes, we are because uh, we want to see new entrepreneurs succeed. I think the aspirational side of entrepreneurship across the globe has uh, grown phenomenally, and we want to kind of empower every entrepreneur who thinks that they can uh, run a business from their home or from their garage or from you know the trunk of their car or uh, even from their you know brick and mortar store or uh, from their website. So I think it's all possible now with internet bringing in disruption and making sure that the product that is actually produced by somebody reaches in the most easiest and efficient way to the person who's buying it. So I think that one of the um, ways how we want to empower these new sellers is to have right tools uh, to help them succeed, right apps and plugins that they need at each stage of the business. So let's say if somebody is looking to start a business then and doesn't know, you know what to sell, then there's overload that would help you set, you know, select some products and then go into the dropshipping model and you know sell there. If let's say you have products and you don't know how to get your first order, there are various like sales and marketing plugins that can basically help you understand how you can reach your first 10 or your first 100 or 1,000 orders, right? So there are various ways how we are making discoverability better in terms of what plugins people can use to get successful. We also have a really, really active partner ecosystem spread across all major cities and towns in the world. So we've got local help. So um, these web designers, developers, they work very actively in the ecosystem by hand-holding merchants and telling them how to start their business, building their website, and then even optimizing their website for conversions. So I think I think this ecosystem of Shopify plays a great role in the internationalization of Shopify as we try and understand and get deeper into the problems. Because commerce is very local, right? It's going to be different in Canada. It's different in Singapore. It's different in India, it's different in Japan. So it's it's different, uh, you know, as we move across countries and continents. So I think understanding the merchant, their needs, and then building for it is our long-term vision as we, uh, you know, grow internationally. Yeah, absolutely. Something really interesting you just mentioned is the fact that commerce is very local and you need to take that into account. So if there was one thing that, that you wish that either merchants who were based locally in one of those markets like Japan or Singapore or people who were looking to sell into those markets who were maybe US based or based in Canada or Europe, if there was one thing that you could help them realize about local cultures and localizing you know, products to, to appeal to those markets, what advice would you give them on that front? I think it's tough to encompass all the relation all all of these attributes or factors into one point but uh, localizing can be can be visual can be customer experience can be a lot ux driven you know tangible things like languages having a local language when somebody comes onto the website or having a local currency one while the buyer is trying to check out are very simple things to get started with but understanding you know how the buyer perceives a certain design or a website and going deep into understanding what is the kind of ux that will actually work in a given country are like foundation stones before you actually go and accelerate and try and you know put in your marketing dollars and you try and you know get as many customers to join you so i think that comes after you've kind of understood the problem uh, better and then you're starting to work towards that problem solve that problem through you know having a great ecosystem but yeah it's it's a step-by-step process because yes like i said commerce is very local from country to country and there's not really one thing but yeah languages currencies 
understanding your customer and what they want to see understanding what kind of experience they are looking for in the country connecting at a mind share level than like you know a, like a ad and retargeting level is super important as you know any business grows in a country yeah absolutely so many little details to get right and and you know it it's it's a challenge and i mean building a business is exciting and that's part of the challenge right absolutely yeah so I guess giving your unique experience and, and insight into e-commerce from, you know, your experience with Singtel and being able to work with Shopify and working across different time zones with different teams who are helping grow commerce across the globe, what would be some of your insight for brand new e-commerce entrepreneurs who are just starting off, whether they're dropshipping a product or trying to build their own brand, what should they focus on in their local markets first? I think I'm a big believer in content strategy. I like good content. I like seeing good content, reading good content, watching good videos, listening to good podcasts and I really think content is something that uh, a new entrepreneurs can do a better job at because it's not about selling, it's also about storytelling and I think that's a factor that is missing on a lot of potentially good e-commerce websites today. So a, a lot of startups, you know, shut down after a year, two years because either they reached stagnancy or either, you know, they saw an initial spike and then they couldn't live up to it and, you know, their business crashed eventually. Let's be honest, there's a big chance of merchants who start businesses to not succeed, but if every merchant looks at it in a very scientific way, this is science of how do you basically relate to your customers how do you actually target your customers how do you build a business it's not a question of luck but rather you know it's it's a very well defined methodology i think that will work for new entrepreneurs so content is one of the biggest things that i would suggest every entrepreneur to work on at the end of the day when i walk into a showroom i've got a salesperson who who tells me a story about the product that i like i would expect the same when i'm buying online yeah, absolutely. And so on the topic of content, are there any resources, either books, videos, blog posts, podcasts, anything that you keep coming back to and would recommend to merchants? I think I really like the Shopify blog. Uh, it's a good way to keep yourself posted with, you know, whatever's new happening across the globe. So I would suggest that there are also a lot of books for entrepreneurs. If you want me to suggest a book, I would rather suggest something that actually builds a personality than, you know, telling you what you can do or what you can't. So I think I really like Nicholas Taleb's Anti-Fragile. That's a really good risk management book. Also, uh, Hard Thing About Hard Things is a good book. So, yeah, I think I think these two books would be something that would build your personality and help you take risks because that's an entrepreneur, you know, has to be really strong and especially mind strong when it comes to taking risks. So I think these books kind of really help you build that character that allows you to perform and excel every day in your job and in your business. Awesome. Those are really cool resources. So I'll make sure we link to that so other folks listening can can check them out. So I know we had a you know a pretty quick conversation and covered a ton of different things, but do you have any final thoughts or words of advice to leave us with? If you are a merchant and looking to start a business, then one, do research. Two, think about it. Three, think a little more about it. Think of every problem that you might come across and then think a little more on what you can do to solve those problems before you actually dive into the sea. Also, be very methodological, very very meticulous in your process and you know try and un- try and make sure that you always have a proof of concept before you go on to like burn out your credit card or your assets just 
because you're passionate about uh, you know the business that you're starting so have a more a scientific approach to any business that you start and yeah try and understand your customer a little better optimize your website try and look at your business in a more holistic fashion it's not always just online it's online offline and the big social media that is out there so try and you know have conversations with your customers be an entrepreneur who's not scared to kind of roll up their sleeves and actually get their hands dirty with things so that's something that would be super important as you start a business so the first one or two years is about shipping fast breaking things learning and shipping better things improvisation is super important but also a cautious methodology with every investment and every strategic decision is going to be key in your success that's what would set you know set you apart from all your competition as well absolutely well said there's tons of advice in there Vargab, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. It was awesome to have you on the show. For sure. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Frank. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Commerce Growth Lab is recorded and produced by me. There's no massive team behind it, and so I'd love your help in growing the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show or share a link on social media. Find out more about the show, our guests, and everything commerce related by visiting our site at www.commercegrowthlab.com. Follow us on Twitter at ComGrowthLab, that's com with two M's, or join the community on Facebook at Commerce Growth Lab. We couldn't do the show without your awesome support, so thanks for listening.